0: Okay, good morning. This is Richard Hsu, host of Shue Untied. This morning, I'm very thrilled and honored to have with me as my guest, Evan Chester, who's the chairman of Cravath, Swain and Moore. Evan, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here. So, Evan, let me start by asking you, um, when did you know you wanted to be a lawyer and specifically a trial lawyer?
1: Well, I was um, a teenager. I think I was about fourteen, and and I read *Democracy in America* by Alexis de Tocqueville, and I was struck by his observation. You know, he was a young Frenchman traveling through the United States in the early part of the 19th century. I was struck by his admiration for the rule of law and for American lawyers and the role that. American lawyers uniquely played in society as compared to the monarchies that he was familiar with in Europe. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a pretty cool thing to do. There was a line in the book, and I'm not quoting correctly, I'm sure, but the gist of it was that the, the established religion of America was, is the rule of law and the lawyers are the high priests. And I thought, I really like that. <laughs> so I think that's when I decided law seemed like a really good idea. And, and I didn't think that lawyers did anything other than try cases. I had no idea that they were conference room lawyers as well as
0: courtroom lawyers. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about how your legal career that actually got started. How did you start your legal career?
1: Well, I had no one uh, in my family who had uh, gone to law school. Indeed, I didn't have anyone in my family who had gone to college. So, um I really was kind of darts at a dartboard. You know, I, I applied to uh, law school. I was I was going to become a history professor. I had sort of detoured off of my 14-year-old dream and thought maybe I'd be a professor instead. Uh, and I went and got a master's degree in Russian uh, studies and was off going to go off and do a Ph.D. But but um, I just, you know, had second thoughts about it. thought that's really not what I want to do. I really just continued to think of uh, being in a courtroom as what I was really meant to do. So I just, you know, I, I took the tests, and I applied to a bunch of law schools, and fortunately I was accepted at, uh, at NYU, where I had gone to, as an undergrad, so I was feeling like I was going home, frankly. And um, I did well in law school, and again, I had, I had no idea um, what law firms were like, or which ones were the good ones, and where I was going to be trained, and I was just very lucky. I, I was um, accepted to the law review after my first year, and I went to see the faculty advisor for the law review was a fellow named dan collins and i said to him i want to try cases i want to try big complicated important cases and, and i have no idea how to get from where i am to doing that and he took out a piece of paper and he wrote down a name and a telephone number he said call this number and ask for this person hmm. and it was the hiring partner at cravath uh, it turned out that professor collins had been a cravath associate for some years before he went off to teach and um, he sent me to the hiring partner at Kravath, and I sent him a letter. And a week later, I was invited in. I interviewed. They offered me a job, and that was the last job interview I've ever had. <laughs>
0: um, so what was your first trial like? Can you remember what, what your first trial experience was like?
1: Trying my own or working for others on trials? Um, oh, <laughs> I mean,
0: either, actually.
1: <laughs> well, the, the first one was was the United States against IBM case, which was billed by the New York Times as the trial of the century. And uh, I was one of the... Uh, army of Cravath lawyers who worked for Tom Barr, who was then the head of our litigation department and the sort of preeminent litigator here at Cravath and, frankly, around the country. And uh, I worked for Tom on that case and, and a whole bunch of others. There were 20 or 21 private cases in addition to the government enforcement case, and I worked on most of those and it was very intense. The experience was extraordinary and Tom was truly a great, great trial lawyer and I learned an enormous amount uh, from him. We became very
0: close. Well, what is it you think about being a trial lawyer that you like so much? Obviously, you liked it a lot, but what is it you think you like about it exactly? Well, I
1: like a lot of things about it. I, I like the fact that every trial, every case is a new career. Yeah. Um, there are different people, different facts, different legal issues. You're in a different place. So you get to reset and start over again. Um, it's like you know changing jobs without having to change jobs, mm-hmm. uh, which is one thing I like about it. The other thing I like about it is that it's, it's, there's a clean and clear outcome. It's binary. Uh, it's not ambiguous. Somebody wins, somebody loses. And and it's an interesting, fascinating exercise in sociology. Um, You you really need to take into account and and learn how uh, effectively to deal with different constituencies, all of which are involved in this enterprise at the same time, Mm -hmm. and with whom you have very different relationships. Your relationship to your client is very different from your relationship uh, with the judge or with your adversary or with your adversary's client or with the jury. Uh, And you need to be able to navigate all of that. So it's a whole new setting, new set of facts, new challenge. Um, The cases we do are extraordinarily interesting, both as legal issues and the, the, you know, the industries that are involved and the facts. I get to learn how medicines are invented. I get to learn how cell phones work. Uh, You know, I get to learn uh, how the Financial services industry works, and how economics plays a role in all of that. These are all interesting things that you know you otherwise wouldn't get to learn and have somebody pay you to learn. So, it's a pretty good job.
0: Do you find that you um, obviously you like the trial part, but what about the part that leads up to the strategy, all the you know workup of the case? Do you like that part just as much, or it's really the trial that gets you excited?
1: Well, I, I like it all. I frankly, I like the trials more, but but I make every decision from the day that the case begins, indeed sometimes before the case begins, if we're retained you know, to, to bring a case and we're, there's planning that goes on before you ever file a complaint. From the day we start, I make every decision on the assumption that the case is gonna be tried. So there's a continuity between what goes on before the trial and what goes on at the trial. Uh, and that, that's a fundamental effect upon the way you litigate. Uh, a lot of lawyers, frankly, uh, uh, litigate on the assumption that cases are not going to go to trial. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, a lot of lawyers litigate so as to make sure that cases don't go to trial. (laughs) Uh, I I make all of my decisions on the assumption that the case will go to trial. And if it doesn't, usually you're in a much better posture when it settles or when there's motion practice that disposes of it. If you've made your decisions along the way, all geared toward what's going to happen in the courtroom when the case is tried, Mm -hmm. because if it, because if the, process takes its natural course, that's where the case is going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you better be preparing for that. Otherwise, you know, in my view, you're, you're looking at the wrong target.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned, obviously, the IBM case. Any, and when you look back on your career, are there any other particular trials that just kind of stand out in your mind, either because of its complexity or some incredible experience you had?
1: Well, there are a lot of them and i 've tried dozens and dozens of cases all over the country, and each one of them you know has its own unique um, uh, features its own unique experiences there's a you know we try cases in teams the cravath firm is is structured around teams, and every one of those trials involves a team that has lived together in the trenches for a period of time and under, you know, very uh, usually difficult, challenging circumstances. There are enormous bonds that form. I mean, people really... You know, become friends and rely upon each other in ways that you don't often see in in the business world, so each one of them is memorable in in that respect. I mean, there are some that have been higher profile than others. I tried several cases for Ross Perot years ago before he became a presidential candidate, um, which were fascinating. He's a fascinating person, and the cases were very interesting. they dealt with his um Having been acquired, his company was acquired by General Motors, and then he and the management of General Motors didn't get along and they bought him out. And there were issues about uh, the terms of his buyout agreement and whether he was violating non competition provisions. And there were several cases that I tried for him in that context, which are memorable just because of who he was and and the circumstances around them. The case I tried several years ago for American Express, which is actually going to be in the Supreme Court in three and a half weeks. I'm going to argue, in the Supreme Court, um, is very memorable. I spent the entire summer in the federal court in Brooklyn three and a half years ago trying probably the largest government enforcement antitrust case that had been tried in many, many years. Uh, and that really involves some issues that are fundamental to the financial services and credit industries. And that was challenging
0: and very, 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 uh, very interesting, very rewarding. So and those are several that stand out what is some of the advice that you give to younger lawyers obviously you working with younger lawyers who want to become trial lawyers now well i i, I
1: try to you know um, give them several basic uh, guideposts i guess is the right phrase one is you have to really decide if this is what you want to do um, you know, too often people back into careers or they just uh, kind of unthinkingly end up standing someplace for a lot of reasons and and this is not the kind of career that one should inadvertently uh, wander into um, it 's too much of a commitment it 's too much of a of an imposition on your life. Uh, you really have to want this. You need to balance that that commitment against all the other things in your life that also require your attention and your time. And it shouldn't be the case that you're struggling to justify in your mind what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's the the, the first order of advice I give to all the lawyers I've worked with over the years. It's not a crime to decide you don't want to do this. It's Mm -hmm. perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a great thing to do. It's been, for me, a wonderful life and a great career. But that doesn't mean it's for everybody. So you have to really decide, is this something you want to commit yourself to? And be not only comfortable with it, but happy at it. And if if you make that decision, you say yes, then you really have to give it everything you've got. You can't do this halfway. You have to really, really embed yourself in the forensic skills of being a trial lawyer. You don't have to be a great antitrust lawyer or a great patent lawyer or a great, um, you know, securities lawyer. Those, you, you, the way you get to be those things if you're a litigator, in my view, is learning how to be a great trial lawyer. Mm. The, the substantive area of the law, while important to the law, to the clients, important to, to the courts, et cetera, it's frankly secondary to the skills that you have to develop to try cases. Mm. Because if you're going to try all different kinds of cases, the transcendent set of skills are the trial lawyer skills which apply regardless of which legal discipline you happen to be in at any any moment.
0: In addition to obviously having a busy schedule as a trial lawyer, you're obviously the chairman of the firm as well. How are you able to balance both those things? That must be pretty challenging. How, how do you do that?
1: Well, it, it is challenging. It was more challenging when I was the presiding partner, which is the
0: name at Cravath for the chief
1: executive of the firm. I did that for six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the deputy presiding partner for a year before that and was very actively involved in the management. So that was kind of seven years. Um, the chairman is, we've never had a chairman before, so it was a great honor for the firm to ask me to do that. But it, it's really a client-facing job. Where I help the the partners and help the presiding partner with respect to the client relationships, et cetera. Um, and it's less demanding than it was when I was actually the chief executive of the firm. Mm. Uh, and I did that for six years. I was the chief executive for six years. I've been the chairman for about four now. Um, But, um, I mean, the way I did it was first I I asked the firm to to, uh, elect a deputy presiding partner um, so that I had someone I could rely upon when I was off in wherever I was trying a case and for a lot of the day-to-day things so that I could be involved in the big strategy decisions and overseeing the operations of the firm. But if I needed to You know, pay uh, an extraordinary amount of attention to getting ready for a trial or an appellate argument. Whatever, there was somebody else in management I could rely upon who made sure the lights were on and the elevators were running, kind of thing. Uh, And that worked out very well. He was a terrific guy and became the presiding partner after me for four years. Is now the general counsel of Wells Fargo Bank. So that worked out very well. And I was able to balance. And I tried. I think I tried in the six years I was. Presiding partner, I tried thirteen cases and I argued thirteen appeals. So I was able to and, and handle a lot of other cases that didn't go to trial during those years or get to an appellate court. So, you know, I was able to maintain a, a full-time uh, litigation practice.
0: Well, now you've obviously had an incredible career. Are there any specific kinds of career goals that you still have? Either a kinds of a trials that you you know so you still want to try, or maybe write a book, or any, anything else that you're thinking about? You still want to do.
1: Well, one of the things I still want to do, I'm going to do in three and a half weeks, which is argue in the United States Supreme Court. I haven't done oh. that before. I've argued a lot of appeals in every court of appeals in the United States and the high courts of various states, but this is the first opportunity I've had where a case. It's, you know, it's not easy to, for a case to get to the Supreme Court, and right. then mm. to be asked by a client to do it, uh, you know, is uh, unusual. So, so that's one of my bucket list items, I suppose. Um, you know, and other than that, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm very, very Lucky, I'm really led a blessed career, and I, I have the great fortune of working with clients I like and admire um, and respect, um, and and with whom I have great working, collaborative working relationships, which makes it fun. I have the best lawyers in the world in this building. Um, you couldn't ask for better colleagues, uh, and they are, they're not only great lawyers, they're really great people, and there's a real feeling of collegiality at Cravath. The culture of the place is is one that uh, enables collegiality, fosters it. I mean, our partners are compensated on a lockstep system, as are our associates um you know, we we rigorously interview to find talented people who are really committed to doing this kind of work, and it's it's a great place to spend your life and work. and um, And so, I don't have any, you know, any unchecked boxes on that front that I can I can think of. I'd have written a number of things. I've written a lot of legal pieces. I've written other things. Uh, I, I would like to sit down and write a book about the way the legal profession has changed over time. If I get the chance to do that, it's one thing on my list I haven't gotten to do yet.
0: Well, Evan, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. It sounds like you've still got a very long career ahead of you. I'd love to check in with you a few years and see how things are still going. (laughs) That would be nice. I hope so. That would be great. This is Richard Hsu and Evan Chesler. Thanks.